When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Morgan's Pop Talks. How are we? Feeling good? Ready to get into all the juiciness that went down this week. There's tons of Bachelor drama. We know that there's Kardashian drama. We know. And finally, we are going to get to the Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Ex-Wives Club. It's been going on for a couple weeks, but I just haven't had the time to get to it because so much has been going on. So much has been going on. So how are you? Feeling all right? I mean, y'all know I've been going through a hard time. My fiance bought a drone on Amazon Prime Day. It's here. Um, so if you hear a swarm of bees in the background, don't be concerned Like for my well-being. It's just my fiance flying the drone around the apartment. Um, you know, he's excited. So I let him have his moment. He paid for it. So what do I really care? But then my neighbor gives him an indoor putting green. So please just pray for me during this very difficult time that I'm having to deal with a drone and a putting green inside my apartment gearing up for marriage. Can't wait. Um, although I did get my own revenge purchase. I sold my left kidney for a ticket to BravoCon. Um, I got the cheapest one. And when I tell you, I was asking some of my friends online that I've never met in real life because the only friends that I have are my friends online and my sisters here at MPT. And everyone that I knew had gotten like the VIP tickets. And I'm like, how do I have all these rich friends? And I didn't even know it. I spent $530 for a three-day ticket. I believe the VIP was like $820 without like taxes and fees and stuff. And I'm like, I got a wedding to pay for, people. Should I start a GoFundMe? <laughs> no, <laughs> I won't do that. But just know I will be at BravoCon. I will have content around it. I will be giving you guys all the details. I'll just be sitting in the very back. Okay. Let's get into our pop three. These are the three biggest stories of the week. And I'm going to start off with the one I put off last week because Nick Vial is going on just a tangent in Bachelor Nation right now. And we're going to focus today on the feud between Nick Vial and Blake Hortzman. Oh, I put it off. I didn't want to do it, but like the Nick drama just continued into this week. So I thought, let's just go for gold, give the people what they want. It all started with Katie, quote unquote, spilling the tea, which like was not really tea at all. It was, 
it was, I don't want to say it was dumb because of course I found it entertaining, um, but she was just giving like more context to situations. For example, um, somebody asked like, what's the tea on Andrew? And she just said, you know, I had too much respect for Andrew and his family to bring him into hometowns because I knew that our connection wasn't that strong. Stuff like that. Okay. So, of course, they always talk about it on the vile files or whatever. But Katie also did a live and somebody had asked about Nick and she was like, Nick is blocked from my phone. That statement alone got Nick and his girlfriend, Natalie, all upset. I'm still confused about why. Like, why did that comment alone get them so bothered um so much so that they read like a text message that katie sent nick something about it's so confusing you guys (laughs) it's so confusing they read a text message that katie you know sent to nick about something that was going on in her season that set off blake because for years nick and blake have been feuding over Honestly, I think it's an ego thing. I think it's just their personalities clash and they hate each other. But Nick has always been very adamant that Blake should not have released the text that Kaylin Miller Keys sent to Blake when the whole Bachelor in Paradise um, stagecoach scandal went down. So if you forget what that was about, Blake was being accused of essentially, um, Nick calls it like, you know, being an F boy to me, it was a little more than that. Um, because I watched a bunch of Dave Neal videos and he said something about how it was like, they were making it borderline predatory, right. Where like Blake was just going around finding any bachelor nation girl that would give him the time of day and like hooking up with them. So Blake then released those text messages proving that, you know, Kaylin was the one that was instigating all of the relationship, the intimacy between the two of them. And that, you know, the narrative that was being pushed out by either Kaylin or production or whoever you want to blame, I guess, um, was not entirely accurate. So the major difference here is that, you know, Blake was being accused of something he didn't do at least the narrative that they tried to paint it as, you know, it wasn't like that. And Nick was upset that Katie doesn't like him, that Katie blocked him. And then in this follow-up podcast interview, Nick says Katie was suggesting there was some sort of texting relationship between the two of them. She did not say that at all. All she said was, Nick is blocked for my phone. I try not to pay attention to him that much. He's always talking crap about me. I've reached out to him in the past and said, hey, like some people are DMing me saying you're saying this kind of stuff. And he said to her, isn't it so nice that you have fans that care about you that would uh, tell you that? So not at all did she ever say that there was some sort of texting relationship. So like projecting much really. Um, But I don't I just I don't want to go on with this all day long. If they're still feuding next week, maybe I'll bring on Dave Neal and we'll do a deep dive. But like, oh, my gosh. I also just want to say this about the other like Bachelor produced podcasts, specifically The Vile Files and um, Clickbait. Um, If you're new here, I don't have beef with Nick because he doesn't know who I am and I don't like care (laughs) really about like Nick Vile's podcast either. I don't listen to it. Um, But, you know, back in December, I had 
an interaction with Caitlin Bristow and I did podcast about it. And then Nick talked about me on his podcast and he kept referring to me as, you know, this Morgan person. Who's this Morgan person? Who is she? Who is this more? And Caitlin told her more. Who is that? Like, I get it, Nick. You don't know who I am. And I, I'm not really offended by that. I think it's kind of funny. But I just don't like how people like Nick Vial and we'll talk about clickbait downplay, you know, independent content creators. Like we're not good enough to be talked about or known just because we weren't on the show. And this brings me to clickbait because I don't know if it was last week's episode or the week before they all were talking about stuff that was going down on my social media pages, not one mention of me. And so it's like, are you that afraid of, you know, us peasants that don't get paid, you know, by the hand that feeds us at ABC? Because, you know, they're sitting there talking about Hannah Ann being on the golf cart and Katie in the comments and Claire in the comments. And they never once say like, oh, yeah, I was on independent content creator Morgan P. Talks page. It's just weird that they go out of their way to not give people like me or Reality Steve or Dave Neal like proper credit where credit is due. So at the end of the day, don't listen to them and listen to us independent creators because we're better. Okay. Headline number two. I spent way too long on that. I told you. Tamra Judge allegedly back on the Real Housewives of Orange County. This started because Jill Zarin got on her Instagram story. She was walking around strutting her stuff. And she's like, Tamra's coming back. And my friend Vicky's not happy. And then, you know, five seconds later, Tamra Judge responds, mocking Jill, walking around the house going, Jill Zarin is a thirsty man, you know. Jill responds again and said, thirsty about what? I'm so happy for you. You wanted this and I'm so happy for you. So I guess Tamara's mad. Is Tamara mad because Jill stole her thunder? Like they didn't get to have this grand announcement. Nothing really has been announced besides through, you know, page six, reality, reality blurb, those types of um, entertainment websites. Um, but I thought it was very interesting that Tamara and Vicky were both on Watch What Happens Live this week. No mention of the Real Housewives of Orange County. No mention of the feud with Jill. It was huge news all week, and there was no mention of it, which to me means that it's true that Tamara is coming back and that Vicky is mad about it because why else would you not address it when you have both of them sitting right there in front of you? And all it would do is promote the next season of the Real Housewives of Orange County. I'm on to something. Tamara left OC in 2020 after 12 seasons. I think that seeing her on Ultimate Girls Trip solidified that she needed to be back. Um, she just is good reality TV. Dr. Jen and Noella aren't coming back this season. And I'm just going to say it how it is. The Real Housewives of Orange County sucked this season. I stopped watching. And I never Stop watching. It's part of my job to watch, but I could not bring myself to watch it. I kind of feel that way right now about the Real Housewives of Dubai. I'm not going to lie to you. I still get through it. I just don't watch it like Wednesday at nine o'clock like I do, you know, the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So if it's true, I'm excited that Tamara's coming back. So TBD on that. And our third and final headline this week, Kendall Jenner and Devin Booker are back together. The reports came out in June 
that they split after two years. So this has all gone down in less than a month. So whenever, let's just revisit that moment. You know, the insiders were telling the blogs, Kendall feels like they're on different paths. And then another source was like, you know, the two have had discussions about their future, but they're not on the same page. But there's a chance that they would reconcile, okay? Then a week later, they're, you know, seen out at so- Soho House in Malibu, paparazzi photos. And do you remember what I said about this meetup? Go back and listen to it on the pod. I said, when has Kendall, of all the Kardashians, really ever been like busted in a moment by the paparazzi? Like a moment that was meant to be private? Honestly, never. And I, I've said, out of all of them, Kendall is one of the most private. I think Kylie's probably a little bit more private than her. But she a week after breakup is not going to meet up with Devin Booker at Soho house in Malibu, stand on the balcony and let paparazzi take photos of her unless there's something else going on here. Then it came out in page six that one source says Kendall Jenner, Devin Booker reunion was staged. I don't know if that's true, but I mean, I, (laughs) I think that it is. Her team didn't want it to look like she had been dumped, so they requested the meetup. I don't think I believe that reasoning, but I'll get to my reason at the end. So according to E! News, now they are fully back together. They worked out their issues and decided they want to move forward and be together. What else did we say on the podcast? They got in a fight. All of this has gone down in less than four weeks. Uh, If I had to guess... They got in a fight about an engagement timeline, right? Whenever they broke, quote, air quotes here, broke up, they're on two different paths. They've had discussions about their future, but not on the same page, okay? So you have the conversation with your significant other. When do you want to get married? Oh, I'm not even thinking about it. What? You're not, not even thinking about it? Well, I need to move on with my life then if you're not thinking about it. Then a couple weeks go by. You're like, well, I'm not really in a rush. So why did I break up with my boyfriend? You know, like that's the vibe that it's giving right now. That or I think it was a PR stunt. It all happened too quick. Now that we know the Kardashians keep entire human beings a secret for nine months, do you think that the moment a Kardashian gets dumped, they immediately call E! News? Beep, beep, beep. Hey. Hey guys, got a pen and paper because I got some details for you. No, they don't do that unless it's intentional. And I'm going to get to all of that in this week's deep dive. This is the part of the show where I open up deep dive submissions to you, my lovely listeners. For the people by the people, I always say, what is it that you want to know more about? Every week on my Instagram page, I open up a little submission. And this week, Catherine has our deep dive question. Hey, Morgan. This is Catherine from New Brunswick, Canada. I've been waiting for your deep dive about Tristan and Chloe. Were you surprised about baby number two? And where do you think they stand now? Love the pod and can't wait to hear about this. Thank you, Catherine. Love you like a sis. I love my Canada girlies always and forever. This happened literally as I, as I turned off the mic last week from the podcast, Breaking News. Khloe Kardashian and Tristan Thompson are expecting a baby 
Baby number two via surrogate. Chaos, chaos ensues. I was like shook to the core, shocked, honestly. But I've had a week to think about it. And I think the whole thing was completely planned to a T. Maybe not so much like, you know, Tristan cheating and getting another woman pregnant, but let's start there. The timeline. So everything online is saying that their surrogate conceived in November and then the baby boy Theo with Marley Nichols was born in December. So December was when the world and Chloe found out that another baby fathered by Tristan was being brought into the world. So I decided to revisit that time in life. I know very brave of me. Uh, According to Us Weekly, News broke in December 2021 that the personal trainer filed a paternity lawsuit against the NBA star earlier in the year. So the the suit, I believe, was filed in like June of 2021. And this whole entire time, Tristan is going through this legal battle behind the scenes. um, And nobody in the Kardashian family, quote, you know, knows about it. I don't know if anybody did, but whatever. Um, The baby was reportedly conceived in Houston, Texas. In March, while Thompson was in town celebrating his 30th birthday. So at that time, Tristan and Chloe, they were still working on their relationship. We know they have been together, broken up together, broken up together, broken up about a million and a half times. Um, But the show started filming. Season one of the Kardashians started filming September of 2021. Okay. So it was around that time that they were working towards getting their relationship back in a better place. There was all these rumors that they were back together, but nothing publicly, which like I said, the Kardashians know how to keep a secret if they want to. And then we get through the season and we see that Chloe, you know, is giving him another chance. So what I found very interesting in looking back at the timeline is that, and I don't know why I didn't, think about this earlier, but the, the show does not go in chronological order, right? Just because the Tristan and Chloe stuff happened on the last episode doesn't mean that that's what happened last in their lives because they filmed from September of 2021 to about March of, um, 2022. And then they secretly got together around, you know, September. And that's when they broke up again, as soon as the news came out. So I decided to go back and rewatch the scene of, you know, Kim pumping iron in the gym, getting the call or, you know, reading the Daily Mail saying that Tristan was having another child. If this is to be believed and, you know, they found out with the rest of the world in December of 2021. Now, keep in the back of your mind, surrogate conceived in November. Kim says to Chloe on the phone. If this isn't the biggest sign for you to not have another baby with this human being would be a messed up thing to say to someone who is already expecting a child via surrogate with Tristan. I found that odd. I don't have an explanation for it. She says that. Was it a manipulated scene? Did they already know that this was coming out and they kind of had to like address it in a roundabout way? I don't know. But Kim does say that to Chloe. In December, if this isn't the biggest sign for you to not have another baby with this human being, which brings us to our next point. Was this always the plan in the season finale of keeping up? Chloe was talking about 
you know, her future with Tristan and what their family would look like. She said, quote, he wants to have like five or six kids with me. And that's lovely. We could start at one and then grow from there. But now knowing I'm on, I'm not on birth control. It's really scary. It's a really big step. We also know that in the last season, the idea of having a surrogate was being discussed. There's this bonus scene of keeping up that I found. And they were talking about how Chloe's doctor said it wasn't the best idea for her to carry. Um, Chloe says she's nervous and cautious about a couple of things. So then the three sisters and Scott is there. Talk about how finding a surrogate is like a bizarre experience, how it's very time consuming. It's obviously very um, personal. You have to know everything about the person. So Yes, even though the baby could already be here, baby boy could already be here, could be here within a couple of days, the plan to have a surrogate was going on way back, like two and a half years ago. I'm trying to remember. I believe that the last season of the Kardashian of Keeping Up filmed like during the pandemic. So that would bring us back to 2020. So, yeah, I think it was always the plan, uh, regardless of if they were actually together or not. You know, Chloe didn't get that big house for just her and True. Now, although I think, you know, like she said in the show, she was hopeful that maybe Tristan had changed and was ready to be a good partner to her. But like I said, remember, he, quote, changed during the pandemic. You know, the, the clubs weren't open for him to go knocking. With all these other ladies. So let's get to what's going on right now. We know that, you know, Tristan is jet setting around the globe in Mykonos. We'll get into it. But before that, Kim's cryptic posts. Kim pulled a Chloe this week and posted a whole bunch of cryptid things on her Instagram. Like the first one said, girls can see the difference between 200 shades of nude lipstick, but they can't see red flags. Honestly, that is correct. She also said, life's too short to wake up with regrets. So love the people who treat you right. Forgive the ones who don't and believe that everything happens for a reason. If you get a chance, take it. If it changes your life, let it. Nobody said it'd be easy. They just promised it would be worth it. So people are like, is this about Chloe and Tristan? Is this about Kanye? Is there trouble in paradise for Keith? If you know, you know. It's very unlike Kim to post such things. It doesn't match her Instagram aesthetic, if you will. I don't know who it's about. Honestly, honestly, this is not just me being a hater, but I feel like it's about Pete. And that's not because I'm a hater, like I said, but those are impulse posts, especially someone like Kim. Unless something happens to you in that moment, do you post those types of things? It's almost like a subtweet. You know, when something happens, you just have to get it off your chest. You need it out there in the universe, like fast fingers. Here we go. And then you post it. I just don't see Kim like scrolling on her Instagram, coming across these quotes and was like, oh, yes red flags. That reminds me of, you know, 2019 when I was married to Kanye West. Now, could it? Maybe. I don't know. Let's move on to where in the world is Tristan Thompson and how does Chloe feel about it now? Well, we all know TT was spotted with a mystery woman holding hands in Mykonos and the world was just bam freaking boozled. Why? I don't 
really know. Okay, here's why I was bamboozled. Are we surprised that Clo- that Tristan is walking around holding hands with another woman? Absolutely not. They're both single. They can really do whatever they want. And I guess this is just speculation, but if a baby is coming within a couple of days, I don't expect Tristan to be in Greece. And maybe that's just me thinking that I would hope that would be my baby daddy's priority to be somewhat in the vicinity, but maybe it's not. So on that video, this is what the caption said to everyone that's freaking out about this video of Tristan and Greece with another girl. Chloe and Tristan are both single. And according to the statement from Chloe's rep, they haven't spoken since December besides co-parenting. I don't know why it would be crazy for Tristan to be with another girl as long as he's a good dad to his baby. And Chloe liked that comment. This to me is Chloe's way of letting the people know that they are strictly co-parenting. Maybe it bothers her. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe she's trying to play cool. I don't know. But to me, this is Chloe's way of just like really sending the message home that we are not together. I am not with this man. I will not let him publicly embarrass me another time. So I'm going to like this comment to let the world know we are wiping our hands. We're done. We're moving on. Here's what I don't like about this. As long as he's a good dad to his baby. Do you remember the kinds of things that he was saying to Marley via Snapchat when she was pregnant with his baby? In the court documents, he said, you know, we only communicated via Snapchat. And here were some of the things that were said, according to court documents, via Snapchat. You know how I feel. My feelings haven't changed at all. I won't be involved at all. He then talks about not paying a lot of child support and then says, all you will have is a baby with a father who has zero involvement with the child and a few hundred dollars of child support a month. Okay. That's what he said on Snapchat. This commenter says, as long as he's a good dad to his baby. Is that exclusive to just his and Chloe's baby? Or do you want him to be a good dad to all now four of his babies? I just think that that is disgusting and it shows his priorities. Do I think that Chloe needs to necessarily be concerned with his and Marley's baby or his and Jordan Craig's baby? I don't really know. I I guess I don't really have the answer to that. It's a, it's a very muddy situation, but you can't ignore the fact that he has other kids. And when it comes to Marley and that child, he's not a good dad to that baby. Now, I don't know if, if things have changed behind the scenes, but at least for that picture that was painted through court documents tells a very different story. So moving forward, I think the mindset that we have to have is, yes, we hate Tristan, and he's just, like, gross. I think that Chloe is a good mom. I think that she's getting to that fine line where you cannot – you know, say this is for the sake of true, this is for the sake of true, this is for the sake of true, and now this new baby boy 
So much so that you overlook disrespectful behavior, right? Because now your kids, well, maybe not now, if she's completely cut the court, but you know, if she kept on this cycle, what precedent does that set for her children, you know, to grow up and to look at this dysfunctional relationship that's always in the tabloids, that's always got, you know, cheating and betrayal and lies. That's where I think Chloe needs to be careful moving forward. I think that she is going to be careful moving forward. I think that she is done with Tristan. Um, Do I think the whole situation is normal? Like maybe Chloe just wanted True to have the same dad. Like, do I think the whole situation is normal? No, they're not normal people. Okay. And I don't say that in a disrespectful way at all. They're not. They're not your typical average family here in Cleveland, Ohio that has like family drama. So they're not going to operate the same way that normal people do. But my hope is that Tristan gets his act together, is a good dad to all of his kids, and that Chloe can move on and live a happy and healthy life and find somebody who loves and respects her. Circling back, and this is where we're going to wrap it up to what I was saying about Kendall. There are no coincidences in Kardashian land. Have you ever noticed that two of the Kardashian sisters will never have huge storylines in the media cycle at the same time? Okay. Right now, all this stuff is going on with with Chloe and Tristan. You're not hearing a lot about Kim and Pete. You're not hearing a lot about Courtney and Travis. When Courtney and Travis were, you know, first started dating, got engaged. That was the big, the big draw. Okay. Nothing else is going on. Then that kind of dies down. Oh, now Kim and Pete Davidson start dating. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, that kind of starts to die down a little bit. Oh, now Kendall and Devin broke up. (gasps) No. Oh, but they got back together. Oh, and now Chloe and Tristan are having a baby. Do you get what I'm, the picture that I'm painting here? Yes, this is their lives. But the devil works hard and Kris Jenner works harder. And if you don't think there is a method to their madness, you need to open your eyes. All right, to wrap up this week's episode, we are finally going to talk about the Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. This is season two. This is the Ex-Wives Club. We have Taylor, Eva, Phaedra, Tamara, Vicky, Dorinda, Brandy, and Jill. The Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip, in my opinion, is one of the best things to happen to the Housewives franchise. It's fresh. It's nostalgic. It's fun. We have, you know, rooted interest in these women. And this is why I'm really struggling with the Real Housewives of Dubai because I'm already watching 18 million Housewives shows. I do not have the mental capacity to care about six more people. You know, like I really am trying, but it's hard. It's really hard. So season two, the ex-wives club is absolutely wild. I do like it. I like it better than a lot of the stuff we're seeing actually on Bravo right now because it's streaming on Peacock. I will say I don't, like it as much as everybody else does. I feel like everybody else is like, this is the greatest thing we've ever seen. There's a lot of fighting 
in this one, like a lot of fighting. And don't get me wrong. I enjoy some good old fashioned reality TV drama, just like the rest of us. But like, ugh, when you are screaming and yelling every single episode, like I just want a moment of joy, please. And laughter. The combination of Dorinda, Vicky and Brandy is like borderline lethal. Okay. Dorinda, I mean, she just still is not in a good place. She's being super mean when she's drinking and, you know, that essentially is what put her on pause in the first place. Brandy is still just wilding out as she does. I mean, making Taylor's husband's death about her in the first couple episodes. I'm like, what? I'm not ready for Brandy. <sighs> I'm not. Although I will say I am much more attentive to people's eyebrows now. Thanks to Brandy Glanville. Vicky. T- <laughs> you guys. <laughs> Vicky's just exhausting. I mean, she just exhausts me. Tamara's such good TV. And I definitely think that Vicky is jealous of Tamara's success, you know, without her, you know, the podcast, getting back on the show, because it always used to be the Trace Amigas, Vicky, Tamara and Shannon. And now like Tamara's kind of proving that she doesn't need to be in the fold of three to like stand out on her own. So God bless Vicky. God bless Vicky. Taylor and Jill, I think, are good, like, filler characters. You know, they show up when you need something to talk about, but they aren't the main players. To me, the MVPs of this season are Eva and Phaedra, our girlies from the Real Housewives of Atlanta. I used to say, back when Eva was on, that she was one of my favorite housewives. And people looked at me sideways. And this is why Eva's my favorite. One of them. I can't make that definitive answer right now, but she's funny. She's gorgeous. She's a good mediator. She contributes to the drama without being the drama. And I just love her energy. I think Phaedra is so funny. She cracks me up in her uh, interviews. I saw a blind item that she might be coming back to Atlanta after this, which I mean, they're bringing Tamara back. Maybe they bring Phaedra back. Um, And that Candy was leaving. I also saw that it was a lie. So, you know, I just can never trust the streets. The streets being the blind items that you see on Dumois. But, you know. I saw that people were also upset, you know, when Phaedra didn't address the whole situation on the show. uh, When she was asked about Candy. You know, people were like, oh, it's your one opportunity to talk about what happened and to share your side of the story. I'm not mad at Phaedra for not going there. Why Why are you going to open up the can of worms again? She didn't want to. So I'm not, I'm not mad about it. Am I invested? Yes. I liked season one better. I know that's a hot take. That is a hot take. I don't know why. I think it's because of the fighting. There's too much fighting. I just can't. I just can't get over it. But overall, it's better than about 95% of the shows on Bravo right now. So give it a watch. All right, you guys, that does it for this week's episode of MPT. If you love the pod, please leave a review. You can just tap the little star button. You can write a nice little message. It'll help me become an international superstar, which is what we're trying to achieve here, right? Let me tell you, whenever I'm feeling down, I just go through the... um, reviews because you guys are so nice people are so mean on instagram but y'all 
You know I love you. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you back here next week on Morgan's Pop Talks. Love you like a sis. Bye. Ahura Media Production.